Very good morning to brethren and friends. I'd like to welcome everyone for our service this morning. We are so thankful that we can worship God this morning. We'll take the Lord's Supper, pray, and uh, to sing songs together. Our sermon for this morning will also be in line with the theme for our East Side, and it is on evangelism. As you can do at the screen, there's this uh, picture of a forest on fire. Now, we cannot uh, estimate or imagine the intensity of such fire. For example, what I read is that during the summer in Australia, they used to have bushfire. And when the heat is so intense, uh, it takes a very little thing like rubbing of two leaves or some, maybe somebody dropped a little bit of uh, uh, a secret bulb or maybe some metal infection, some grass. Uh, grass pieces on the on the field that can ignite a fire, and it started a fire so easily from a very small fire to a very large uh, scale fire, and that's what we call the bush fire. And it will engulf many uh, communities and places, and people will lose their homes uh, where they live, and even lives were were lost right uh, due to this type of fire. And people who experience that. Even that you are living quite far away, you can feel the heat coming from the forest and even the haze that uh, they will affect you. And this happened also uh, recently uh, in the last uh, two years in California. Uh, I was reading about it that there's a lot of uh, fire. And so when this thing happened, usually the government will make announcement, you know, to alert people and say, well, let's go get ready, you know, let's, let's be very careful, especially for those in the, who are in the path of where the fire are spreading to that they will like warn them and get them to evacuate before it's too late because the fire can actually move on and spread very fast. As we are aware that when there's fire and we are anxious about it, about saving life and not yeah, or saving property or whatever, uh, what about saving the soul? In fact, there's a fall, there's a fire that's coming, and there's the eternal fire that is in hell that will affect people uh, in the future. Are we going to tell them or warn them about this uh, danger that is to come? And so my message today is, go tell it today. In fact, there's a hymn today, uh, which we will sing uh, later. Go tell it today, because there's a day of judgment. As I mentioned, there's a day where God reserves uh, those who are sinners to be punished in hellfire. In the book of Hebrews, 9 verse 27 says, For as pointed at the man wants to die and then after this the judgment. In 2 Peter 3 verse 7 says, but the heavens and the earth which are now by the same words are kept in store reserved unto fire against day of judgment and perditions of ungodly men. And that's the fire that the Bible warned us about, that God warned us about. Uh, that is the judgment day. And then Christ come again and then after that the judgment and then the sinners Will suffer the punishment uh, in hell fire. We all don't want to go to this place because the fire will never end. The second reason why we should go tell it today is because of the value of the soul of man. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 26, he says, For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? For what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? How to talk about soul, even our health, right? Uh, 
if we are very sick, suppose, right, supposedly we are very sick, I think we would want to give whatever we have to get well. And not to talk about the value of a soul, which the which our Lord says that it is greater of greater value than the whole world. So what would one give out everything to save the soul? But yet we know that the only way to save a soul is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore we need to preach the gospel. But this morning we'll look at three areas. And first area is why the gospel need to be told in the first place. Secondly, three reasons why we are not telling. And finally, uh, some ways to tell the gospel uh, to others, the practical part of it. In 1983, there was a cable car accident in Sentosa. Those who are old enough here could remember it. Uh, I think I was still quite young that time. But there was a cable car accident due to this particular ship, as you look at the picture, with that uh, tall ridge. And the ridge was tall, too tall, and then as it passed by, it actually caught, uh, hit the cable, and caused the, uh, the cable car to actually swing around and fling around. Right? And the whole system stopped, and uh, there was a blackout, and everybody was stranded in the cable cars. And while the cable car actually swung up and down, and the door went open. And guess what? Just threw a couple and a charge flew out of that door and went into the water. And so while they were trying to rescue, because this man was working in the platform near the streets or the harbour area, and saw this child falling down from the cable car, and the child dropped on the water. And immediately he responded by jumping into water and bringing the child out. And today this child is still alive. So as we look at this uh, incident, it reminds us the importance of saving people uh, when they are in danger. So when you see someone is in danger, we will save them. And we are so thankful that this man has reacted in that way. But how about the Gospel? We realize that actually what the Bible teaches is that no one will receive salvation without the Gospel. So if you think about the Gospel, it's like, you are in the swimming pool or in the sea and somebody show, throw you a, a, a ring, right? A saving ring. Uh, I can't remember the word. You know, you're saving, throwing the ring and then you get, the person can hold on to it and they don't try to stay afloat. So the gospel is a way to save people uh, from danger. And without the gospel being told or being given to you or given to anyone, you will not come to know about this saving grace. That means you will never be saved. If you look at it yourself, uh, we will not be saved if no one ever tells us about the gospel. Now you think about it, who told you the gospel? Maybe your parents, maybe your friends, maybe your colleagues, maybe your neighbor, or maybe you pick up a tracks and read about it. And that's how you become, uh, come to know the gospel and obey the gospel. And so what we are today, uh, having confidence in our Lord Jesus and in our salvation is a result of someone sharing the gospel with us. It's just what like the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 13 to verse 15. It says, For whosoever shall call upon the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in them of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And verse 15, it says, 
and how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring great tidings of good things. So no one will receive salvation without the gospel. And that's the reason why we should be telling people about the gospel. The second reason is that God command, uh, commanded us to share the gospel. So consider the fact that the gospel is so valuable. And even Jesus died for it. Right? We take the Lord's Supper and uh, Danny prayed about the, the body of Jesus, the blood of Christ being shed on the cross. And that's what he did. He, he gave himself, in fact, he gave himself and died on the cross so that we may live, that we have the eternal hope of salvation. And that's what he did. Right? Jesus even, as the Bible says, paid for the church. He purchased the church with his own blood, the Bible says. And through his death, we have forgiveness of sin. And therefore we are, and before he left, we are commanded, right, to the Great Commission to preach the gospel, as he mentioned in Romans, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to verse 19. He says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So what are the three reasons why we are not telling the gospel? Why we are not telling? Well, there may be more than uh, three reasons. Uh, just for this uh, session, let's talk about three reasons I think why people are not telling the gospel. Firstly, I think there's this lack of significance why we don't think it's important enough. Now, I, I know we have social media, we have WhatsApp, we have Facebook and we have TikTok, you know, which I'm not into TikTok. <laughs> yeah, but I still get things from TikTok okay, through WhatsApp. Okay, so it, you, you, people will just share a lot of things. My friends share a lot of things, you know, video, news, something funny, a joke, you know. Uh, even we brethren also share among ourselves a lot of things. We share about news. We share about, oh, there's a sales on. Uh, there's a certain food in the neighborhood that's uh, very good, you know, the best, nasi lama or no, whatever, you know. We share about our uh, places to visit, right? Especially uh, in Instagram or in Facebook, you know, those places people went for a trip, they'll just post their photo, you know, and then or you after looking at that, you feel like going or so, you know, yeah, it's kind of advertisement or so. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we share a lot of things. But the thing is that we share a lot of things, but we are not sharing sometimes. Some of the things are not very important things, like, like just for fun kind of thing, you know. But how about the gospel? Is the gospel important enough? Uh, for us to share. Do we feel it as something important that we should share, right? And that question deals with how we look at our salvation, right? Whether you go to church or you continue to be faithful after becoming a Christian, it depends on you, right? Depends on your faith and everything. But if you don't value your salvation, you don't value your soul, right? Or, or the, even the gospel or what Jesus has done for you, you don't think it's important, well, I think you will behave very differently. And one of the ways you would also behave is not to tell people about it. Because no point, because you think it's not important. So why what's the point of sharing about it? So I think the lack of significance is uh, a, a, a thing that we can examine. I'd like to share about uh, the, the converted Samaritan. And we're going to share about three Samaritans here. And this is the first Samaritan. And Samaritan were looked down upon by the Jews as less religious and, you know, 
uh, you know, not very, you know, uh, right in the Jewish uh, teaching and so on. But they are very common, uh, very sincere people. In fact, Jesus actually uh, praised the Samaritan in many ways because while they are not uh, the, uh, the Jews uh, in Jerusalem, but they were very, very good. Okay, So the first person that we talk about is the, the woman at the well. She's a Samaritan. And Samaritans do not talk to the Jews. Or rather, the Jews do not talk to the Samaritans. So there is there's some uh, history behind about how they were once Jews, but they began to move to Samaria and began their own uh, kind of religion or the way they, uh, they, they worship God. So as Jesus was on the way uh, from Jerusalem to Galilee, he has to pass by Samaria. He looked at the man. He passed by Samaria, and when, as he moved past Samaria, he met this woman at the well. And so he, there's no name to it, we just call her the Samaritan woman. And it's significant because it was Jesus who get to talk to her, to approach her and ask her for water. So it's, there's some kind of easy thing to talk about. Can I have some? Can I have a drink? And uh, Jesus says, and, and of course the Samaritan will say, so well, why are you a Jew talking to me? You know, and so on. And then they begin to talk about the living water. Jesus begin to talk about the living water that will give to eternal life, which only can be found in Jesus and in believing in Jesus or obeying the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. The next thing that Jesus talked about is her husband. So he says, call your husband. And the woman says, I have no husband. And Jesus said, no, yeah. You have five, you have five husbands. And the one you are living with now is not even your husband. And so why was this a revelation to, uh, to the woman? Because... Can you imagine the Samaritan woman had not met Jesus before? And for the first time, he would know all his her history. That he had five husbands, whether, uh, whether they have left her or whether these five have uh, passed away. And even the person that he is living with is not even husband yet. So it helps her to pay attention to Jesus. And Jesus talked about the third thing, and that's about worship. And Jesus says, the way to worship God is to worship God in spirit and in truth. At that point of time, up to that point of time, Jesus, the woman realized that Jesus could be the Messiah. And he stopped and she asked, are you the Messiah? Could he be? And Jesus said, and declared himself that I am indeed the Messiah. And, Jesus, and because of that, as you read in John chapter 4, verse 28, the woman then left her water pot and went away to the city and said to the man, Come, see a man who told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? And then they went out of the city and came to him. And, the many, and many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman, which testified, He told me all things that ever I did. And so when the Samaritans came unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them and abode there two days. And so because when, Je when the Samaritan found Jesus, it was so valuable to her because that's what she's looking for. You know, he's going to provide you the eternal life. He's the Messiah that we will be talking about. She wants to share this with others. You can see that she just left a water pot, I mean, is this something very important? Yeah, I think it's important because we, we are always concerned with things that are important to us, physical things. 
But she's not. She's just left the water pot and just go and tell other people about it. So she went to the city, right, and tell the people about it. And people, some of them came over to listen to Jesus and many come to believe Jesus uh, because of that. So as we see that the Samaritan woman see the significance of having found Jesus, right, to the extent that he just went or maybe ran, you know, we do not know, to the city and tell people about it. And that is the kind of spirit we should uh, learn from this woman. The second Samaritan that we look at is uh, a leper, right? And the leper demonstrates the lack of gratitude. I'm not saying we are ungrateful, but I think we can be uh, mindful of how much the Lord has done for us and be thankful about it. And when we are thankful about it, you will want to serve Him, you want to tell people about it. So, for example, if you cannot swim and you fell into a deep sea, and then someone pulled you out of danger, how will you feel? Uh, okay. I think it's quite important. I remember uh, it happened in uh, one of the church camps that uh, actually one little girl actually fell into water. <laughs> there was this particular swimming pool, and there's a deep end, there's a shallow end, right? Uh, I can't swim. I always go to the shallow end. Uh, this little girl can't swim, but she didn't know. She jumped into the deeper end and was there. I don't know what to do because I'm so far away. And uh, thankfully, there's another sister in Christ, uh, a few years older, who had learned swimming. She jumped in and pulled her out of the water. And again, she's still alive today. <laughs> I don't want to mention name, but to, to illustrate the importance of uh, saving someone from danger. And of course, the one who was saved would feel uh, very grateful to the Savior, right? So it's the same thing that Jesus has saved us. So are we grateful uh, for what he had done for us? So the third Samaritan has mentioned is uh, someone maybe we are not very uh, familiar with, but he's a Samaritan and he's a leper. And what happened is in Luke chapter 17 that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem and again he passed by in the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered the village, there were ten lepers. There were ten lepers and they were shouting at him, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They were shouting at him, maybe more than one time, they were shouting at him. And so uh, it's, not, it's unlikely that Jesus would have not paid attention. And so Jesus showed attention to them and Jesus approached them and told them that they should show themselves to the priest. And as these ten lepers were on their way to show themselves to the priest, uh, probably they were thinking, why, you know? <laughs> I just want to be here. He asked me to go and show myself to the priest. But then, because they believed in Jesus, so they were on their way. And even before they could uh, reach there, right, they were cleansed of the lepers. However, the story continues to say that only one, only one came back to give praise to God or give thanks to God or to give thanks to Jesus, right? Only one. And Jesus says, uh, where are the nine? So we have here in Luke chapter 17, verse 15 to verse 19. He said, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face and his feet and gave thanks to him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were, you, were there not ten cranes? Where are the nine? They are not found that return to give glory 
to God save these strangers. So what happened to the nine? Did they forget? Or maybe sometimes we forget how much Jesus has done for us. And I think that's quite important, one important thing about the Lord's Supper because it reminds us what Jesus has done for us. Right? We don't have to wait for a particular day once a year on uh, any special day, but every first day of the week, we're reminded about how, what Jesus has done for us. Or is it because they were not grateful? Are we not too sure? Yeah, but we know that at least this uh, leper uh, who was a Samaritan was very grateful to our Lord Jesus. He came back, okay, he came back and gave glory to God. And then, uh, and in doing that, he tell people about the gospel. So that's the reason why we might not be telling, uh, why, why we, we may not be telling people about the gospel is the lack of compassion. Right? So we have lack of significance, we think it's not important enough, we maybe have the lack of uh, gratitude, uh, we also may have the lack of compassion. Some time ago on the Thursday evening, on the first few session of the Thursday class, I talked about compassion. I was trying to like uh, encourage people to think about the importance of compassion. Uh, Sometimes we are very immune to things, uh, we, don't, we, we lost the sense of compassion for people. Right, uh, for whether you see a sick person or dying person, or you see like people suffer earthquake in uh, Turkey and Syria, right? We we think oh these are people we don't know, you know. But as you watch the documentary, as you watch the news, you know how much difficulty these people went through, and sometimes we can feel about it, and if we would like to like uh, pray for them, we would like to like to maybe to give some help for these people. Oh, every time that you know you go for surgery and uh, let's hope you don't go surgery too often. And sometimes the, the doctors would uh, administer anesthetic, right, uh, a jab on you to make you feel numb for a reason because they will cut you out. <laughs> Quite scary, right? They say a lot of people don't go to hospital. <laughs> they can cut you out. So they could cut you out. So they will they will inject that to make you feel numb so they don't feel the pain through the operation. And sometimes, I think about it, sometimes we are quite impervious to the needs of people around us, or, you know, and feel that kind of compassion. But maybe you can direct a little bit or thought into feeling compassionate about people who are lost. Okay, I mean the rich, the, I mean those people are poor and sick, yes. But let's talk about people who are lost. Maybe you can direct our thought about, well, what if somebody I know or my best friend did not hear the gospel, what would happen to them? And feel a little bit in our heart, you know, the kind of uh, warm, the kind of need, right, to 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 to, to express ourselves. In fact, the Bible says Jesus had compassion, right, for for the multitudes when you look at them. So do we have compassion for the lost? And first, we look at another the third Samaritan, and then Samaritan, whether it's a real person or not, I'm not so sure, because it's a parable, right? So it's a parable, and that is someone that you know. And we call it the Good Samaritan. He is a caring Samaritan. Jesus taught us to love our neighbors. And in Luke chapter 10, Jesus narrated the parable of the Good Samaritan that you are very familiar with. He said a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves. And then they stripped him, they beat him up, they took out his clothing, and then they departed and lived in half dead. And can you imagine this person was half dead? Right now, by the street, and in Jericho, uh, I was there in, uh, in a trip, 
it's just a dry place, it's just like no trees and then it's just open, sand, hot kind of thing, you know. Uh, you're just out there to be eaten by some vultures or some wild animals. If nobody is safe, you can imagine that, right? And so, you can imagine the kind of situation, but yet the Bible says here in verse 31 and verse 34, it says, And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. And likewise, a divide, when he was at the place, came and looked upon him, and passed on the other side. And this is how sometimes we are unaware, right? When we don't have compassion, we just pass on. We pass on the opportunity maybe to share the gospel, even to help people. In verse 33, he says, But a certain Samaritan, Samaritan looked down by the Jews, but they are Samaritan, they are pure in their heart. He said, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, poured pour in oil and wine, and set him on his own breast, and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And so we can see this third Samaritan express the idea of compassion towards someone who is in need. When Jesus says, love your neighbor, and the, and the people ask him, who are, who are my neighbors? Well, that, that's, a, that's the theological question, that's a theoretical action, but that is not very important. But Jesus says, when you have compassion, anyone in need are your neighbor. Anyone who are in need are your neighbor. And Jesus says also in Matthew chapter 5, chapter 9, verse 35 to verse 36. In verse 36, he says, And when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion because they faint and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. And so we need to understand some of these things that may be our issues, maybe not yours, but maybe some of the issues, like for example, the lack of significance, right? The lack of uh, compassion, like the lack of gratitude. So let's look at some of the ways we can tell others about Christ or tell the gospel to others. To start with, I think we can do it as individuals. I'm going to show you that the Bible has many good examples of individuals telling others about Jesus. Right? Even in the early time, at the beginning of Jesus' um, ministry, we have ministry, we have John the Baptist. John the Baptist already have a good followers, uh, followings. Right? We talk about followers uh, in the social medias. But he had a lot of people following him, right? He had a lot of disciples. But yet when he knows when they knew Jesus, he point people to follow Jesus. In John 1 and verse 29, he said, The next day Jesus, John sees Jesus coming to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of this world. And in verse 35, it says, Again the next day after John stood, and two of the disciples, and he looking upon Jesus as he walked, he says, Behold the Lamb of God. So you see that, Jesus, that John, the baptizer, actually told others about Jesus and point people to Jesus. And that's basically how, what we can do uh, in evangelism, to point people to Jesus. Next is uh, another man, not very well known, uh, I remember talking, teaching a lesson about Andrew. Uh, and again, there were very few verses about Andrew. Much lesser than uh, Bill or whatever 
you know, there are very few whispers of Andrew. But then Andrew is always doing a very simple job. Right? He simply tells Simon about it. And Simon Peter became a great preacher. Now, if Andrew did not tell Simon about the gospel, uh, he would not have become a Christian uh, and he would not be the preacher of our Lord Jesus Christ. In John chapter 1, verse 40 to verse 42, it says, And one of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And he first finded his own brother Simon, and said unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah, thou shalt be called Cyphus, which is by interpretation a stone. And so we see a brother doing something good to a brother. He told, he told Andrew told Simon his brother about Jesus and brought it to him. The third example of an individual doing it is Philip. Again, a uh, very not very well known person, right? Uh, it's not the Philip in the book of Acts. Huh? This is the apostle with Philip. And Philip uh, is one of the earlier early disciples of Jesus. And he told uh, Nathaniel about it. In John chapter 1, verse 43 to verse 45, if the day following Jesus would go forth to Galilee and find out Peter and say unto him, Follow me. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip find out Nathaniel and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God. So we have uh, this example, as we mentioned, right? We have the example of uh, Philip telling people, John the Baptist, uh, we have uh, Andrew uh, doing their own personal responsibility to tell others about Jesus. So we can do that even as Christian to share the gospel. I just like to share uh, five ways we can show the to share the gospel. Uh, first, through friendship, right? To making friends, to connecting people, right? Uh, Philip told his friend about it, uh, Nathaniel about it, in John chapter 1, verse 43 to verse 45. We can also reach out through invitation, right? We have tracks, we have gospel meeting, or even a simple invitation to join us for church, uh, uh, service, right? And uh, we can see that the Bible in Acts chapter 10, verse 24, about Cornelius. Right, Cornelius actually invited his friends and family to come to his house for food, no? is to listen to Peter, who will share the gospel. And we also can share and reach out through uh, beliefs that are doing good works. Like Peter and John, uh, they healed a um, lame man right, at the temple gate. Right? And then and through that, he used that opportunity to share the gospel with him. We also can share the gospel through sharing personal sharing. Sometimes we may not be very good in uh, the Bible verses or text or uh, to explain uh, doctrines. We can just share our lives, we can share our uh, gratitudes, our, you know, uh, the importance of salvation to us, why I go to church, you know, why, why I think the Bible is important. Right? You share the encounter that you have with Jesus. And we can see that the Samaritan, after knowing Jesus, I am sure she doesn't know very much right, about uh, the gospel, like about Jesus. But she was very excited even to share what she had found and what seems to be very important to her. 
Finally, of course, we can teach others using the Bible. As we can see that in Acts chapter 16, verse uh, 12 to verse uh, 15, Paul taught just a small group of people, uh, women who were uh, by the rivers. So, in summary, we look at why the gospel needs to be told, right? No gospel, no salvation, right? And then God has uh, commanded it. And we talk about three, some, three, some, three reasons that we might not be, uh, why, why we might not be telling the gospel. Right? The lack of significance, the lack of gratitude, and the lack of compassion. And we also share uh, with you that individuals, as ourselves, uh, there are five examples about it. Who tell the others about Jesus and there are some of the ways uh, with uh, uh, like friendship, like invitations, reliefs, sharing and teaching. The first disciples of Jesus actually brought to him, was brought to him by friends actually. Right? But it's significant because they were the early disciples. So we can bring our friends too. For those of you who are in the military service, okay, some of you are not, or some others still are you will understand the idea of fall in. Okay, I don't know what you think about fall in. You know, it, it, it creates a lot of stress to me. Uh. Like, like you are doing your things and somebody shout, fall in! You know, I uh, was very scared about it. I, uh, you need to quickly change and then get ready to go down. And what happened that was, I was on uh, a recruit at that time, I actually ran, and then I was on the third level uh, of, the, of the barrack. And as we go down, I fell and slipped and hit my, hit, uh, hit my head right, and got injury. Right. And every time I tell the officer, please don't shout for him because it's just too stressful for me. <laughs> but it's important to be alert because when the more you shout for him, everybody has to be there because the commander expects it. And but it's the same way as about uh, evangelism. Our Lord says, for him. Right, for him. He commanded us that we should pay attention uh, to the work of evangelism as this is mentioned in the Great Commission. The call for workers are in need, uh, important today. Right? Uh, I mean, many industries have lack of workers, but the church also have lack of workers in this area. The lack of workers is evident even in the time of Jesus, where Jesus said we need to even pray for it. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 to verse 37 to verse 38, and then he said unto his disciples, The harvest is truly plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. So the harvest is created for reaping. But there's no one turned up, there's no one volunteering, you know. And therefore, I think the idea of falling is important. Let's fall in and go and tell others about the gospel. We are not obeyed the gospel and have the gospel. We also want to take the opportunity to invite you to respond to the gospel uh, by believing in Jesus, by repenting of your sin, to confess Jesus before men and to be baptized uh, that you may receive uh, the forgiveness and remission of sin. Thank you. If the name of the Savior is precious to you, if his care and your constant and tender and true, if the light of his presence has brightened your way, oh, will you not tell of your gladness today? Oh, will 
Seed invitation day. 